Hello, everyone. This is Mike Taylor uh, with the NBA and Teambo. Thanks again for joining us for another uh, Teambo talk. This is part two of our conversation with the the legend, the pioneer, <laughs> the supreme expert, uh, Keith Rosen. Uh, if you missed part one of our discussion a couple of weeks ago, that conversation is uploaded onto the playbook. Uh, it was a great discussion around sales leadership and how important it is to prioritize coaching, make coaching a part of not only our leadership style, but our culture. Um, looking forward to having this conversation around the overall just sales process. And so Keith, thanks again for joining us. Looking forward to uh, learning even more from you. Fantastic, let's dive in. So. The first thing I want to do, I want I want to read a quote that, that I read from you and would love for you to expound on it for me. Um, you said now, you're, you're, you're assuming you're assuming I'm going to remember the quote, Mike. It'll it'll come back to you or, or you can just kind of wing it. So don't worry. It's gonna <laughs> but it says uh, the greatest salespeople are skilled openers of new selling opportunities. What does that yes. mean to you? Yes, that does resonate with me a lot, Mike. So what does that mean? Uh, you know, to, to narrow it down, we use certain vernaculars and being a, an author, I'm sort of a wordsmith, so it's sort of an occupational hazard. When we talk about closing customers, closing the sale, it's really the wrong vernacular to use. And because we're using that wrong vernacular, we're actually creating the wrong mindset because really you're not closing someone, you're not boxing them in, you're not closing an opportunity. What you're doing is you're opening up new possibilities, especially today. What are you doing as a salesperson, as an exemplary sales professional to be timeless, to be remembered in the minds of your customers today? It's not just about, you know, showing up and pitching, especially today. So we have to make a deeper connection. And part of making that deeper connection is creating new possibilities. And that means possibilities we haven't seen before or may have never existed before. So when managers and leaders ask me, Keith, what's a simple definition of coaching? My answer, it's the art of creating new possibilities. When salespeople ask me what the definition of selling, the art of creating new possibilities. Because in every conversation and every interaction, you're either creating a new possibility, a new outcome, something that could deliver value that you didn't even see was possible, or you're driving your own agenda with a myopic view. And if you're like this and you're like, I gotta get to sale, you can't recognize any other opportunities or even moments to coach your customers. I think it's fascinating, especially in our world, because you know, we have on this call today, we have reps that are across every part of our product, across all of our leagues, right? And, and so I think sometimes we have our, our sights set on, I'm a premium seller, so I'm going into this call to sell a suite or to sell courtside seats, or I'm a group seller, so I'm gonna go and sell a, a theme night, right? And so I think going into it with, with no expectations, no kind of sight set on one thing, does give you the chance to explore and really find out what's best for that person. So I, I love that concept. Yeah, and even building on what you said, it's it's certainly something that when I'm working with leaders or salespeople, you know, just to uh, say what you said in a different way, it's about detaching from the outcome. 
know, right now, especially people are overwhelmed with fear and sadness and isolation and uncertainty and not knowing what tomorrow will bring, not knowing if they're going to have a job, not knowing when the next sale is going to come. And listen, you're, we're not alone. You're not alone. I'm not alone in this. We're all feeling this together. And so are your customers and your prospects. So we can no longer pick up the phone or ping them on social media or have a Zoom call or WebEx call and pitch and dump. It's not what sales is about today. It's about fostering a deeper connection and a human connection to make yourself internal in the minds of your customers and prospects. While everyone else is pitching, you're the one that's serving. And the, the evolution of sales, as I've been talking about this recently, is called selfless selling. Selfless selling. That, that and combined with the best salespeople being the best coaches, that is what's going to give your competitive edge today. So you can't jump on a call and say, I got to get the sale, I got to get the sale. Because if you are, you're attached to your own outcome and you're pushing your agenda rather than seeking to understand your prospects and your customers' needs and goals and concerns to create a new possibility. That goes right into your process, right? Not just so much dependent on outcome, but focus on your little steps along the way and your results will come, right? The greatest salespeople I know are focused on the present and engaged in the conversation they're having with the prospect or customer, looking for opportunities to serve them, not looking opportunities to sell them, sell versus serve. You need a competitive edge today, I'm giving it to you. So, you know, building off to your point is when, when salespeople are picking up the phone, again, you're picking up the phone, you're cold calling, whatever you're doing, you gotta park your agenda and ask yourself, not what do I need to do to close this customer? You gotta ask yourself, what do I need to do to deliver value to this customer that I, that this customer may, may never have received before? And Keith, some people might be on the call saying, that sounds great, Keith, but my manager is saying, make a sale today. Hit your that manager to call me right now. My mobile number, 516-231-2774. That is my number, everyone. Feel free to text me. If your managers are giving you a hard time, throw me under the bus. Throw me under the bus because it means they're not coaching. Shame on them. Okay. Right, but right. but the fact is, listen, we're we're under immense uh, immense pressure today. And your managers are feeling it because they're getting pressure from the top. And while the best leaders insulate uh, their people from the pressures from the top, and good managers do that. Right now, even good managers are struggling. So we need to be mindful of even helping our managers. You know, we we're seeing our customers struggle. What about our internal customers? What about your peers? What about your, your boss? Have we stopped to consider that this is actually an opportunity to support not our internal customers, our peers, our directs, even our manager? We're all human beings going through this. Your manager are feeling the same pressures that you are. So if they're coming to you with that pressure, that's a great opportunity to coach up. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Manager, you know, I. I'm sensing that you're, you know, you're feeling this pressure, especially today to, to hit our numbers. And, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing the best that I can. So I'd love to sit down and have a real alignment conversation to make sure that I'm doing everything I can possible to ensure I'm maximizing every sales opportunity while supporting you as well. Who's having that conversation other than no one? Right. But that's, that's the type of conversations that we need to start having today. No, I love it. I, I want to take a step back into 
just, you know, you've come across tons of salespeople in, in your career. I'm sure you've seen some superstars, you've seen people struggle. And I'm curious if there's any just common traits, common skill sets that you see in the successful sellers that really help them separate themselves from the rest. Okay, so you two things I want to make sure we tackle, Mike. Uh, challenges, common challenges, and the most exemplary traits and characteristics of the world's best salespeople. So make sure you remind me of, 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 the, uh, of, the, of the biggest challenges of sales today. But let's talk about what I see in exemplary salespeople. The one word that comes to my, to my head, and again, maybe it's because I eat, live, and breathe this every day, is the best salespeople are no longer selling. They're coaching their customers to succeed. So just like your manager may be coaching, well, hopefully coaching you effectively, think about the, the impact that you can make if you're coaching your customers, leading with questions, not leading with answers and a pitch. So the greatest salespeople are coaching. The greatest salespeople are resilient. The greatest salespeople live in the moment. The greatest salespeople seek to serve. The greatest salespeople are creative, innovative. The greatest salespeople seek to hear that no and embrace that no. The greatest salespeople realize that sales is not about them. It's always about the customer. I think it's great. Everyone that we call, everyone that we talk to, they wanna know, what are you saying that's gonna make my life better, make me look smarter, make me seem cooler to my kids, right? And that's kind of our, our kind of challenge to bear. So, so I do want to get to the other point that you mentioned around you know, just the challenges that, that we face today that might be different than challenges uh, in years past. Yeah. So uh, once you said you can help me be um, look cooler in the eyes of my kids, you kind of had me at that. So <laughs> offline, I need you to coach me on that one, Mike. Okay. I got you. <laughs> so, so what are the biggest traps I'm seeing today? Fear and confidence and costly assumptions that salespeople and leaders are making every single day about the marketplace, about their peers, about their team, about each other, about prospects and customers, whether you feel they're open to a conversation or not. As a matter of fact, now is the best time to prospect, but not in the conventional way that you may think. Prospecting as picking up the phone and just looking to connect to see how you can support someone outside of what you're selling. But with all the value and the resources that the NBA has, think about how you can transcend from just being a salesperson to being a trusted business advisor. And what could that sound like? It could sound, and Mike, I'm going to get to that other point soon, but you, you triggered a thought in me here and you know I got to go on my Zen stream of consciousness. I love it. I love it. <laughs> But, but but think about is is that when when salespeople are calling it's it's don't and I'm doing this myself everyone I'm calling to say hey how are you doing as a human being how is your family holding up and I have can't remember where someone didn't respond whether it was a text or the right ping them on LinkedIn whether it was an email uh, people are thirsty for human connection today. So don't think just because we are living in a world that we're, is still evolving and we're still learning and we're still adapting to it, uh, your customers and prospects are going through that too. It's a wonderful opportunity to connect on a personal level. So please, everyone listening, that's, that's your competitive edge right now. You know, the sales, that's a byproduct. 
but you're not going to get sales if you don't start strengthening your relationships with your customers today. Because if you wait, you mark my words, you're going to call me when, when hopefully things, you know, get better, right? And, and, and people are buying and, and teams are playing and what, you're going to call your customer then? You know what they're going to say to you? Where were you when the teams weren't playing? Where were you when my, when my company and my business was struggling? Where were you when I was looking for your help when I really needed it? Don't lose sight of that, everyone. It's not always just about the sale. That's going to come. So no one, no one wants to feel like a transaction, right? They want to have a relationship with the organizations that, that you represent. Yeah, yeah. And especially, you know, for you, it's nothing is more important than that relationship. So getting back to your other point, Mike, should we tackle some of the challenges now? Yeah, well, one, before we do that, one thing, and this kind of might tie into the challenge, but you mentioned the word resilient. And, and it really stuck out to me because as I look at the people on this call, you know, a lot of people that, you know, maybe throughout their entire life, they, they've always done well, they've always succeeded. They've never maybe had adversity. And then you get into your first sales job and someone hangs up on you. Someone tells you, never call me again, go through a sales slump. So I'm curious of just, you know, how do you grow that part of your, your psyche to become more resilient? How do you maintain that confidence? Yeah, right on. Actually, that's tying perfectly into uh, the importance of confidence, as well as it being the greatest inhibitor for sales success. When we, when, when I coach salespeople around confidence, especially today, you know, I'm coaching every leader, CEOs of billion-dollar corporations every day globally, and salespeople on the same things. Confidence, Keith, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Fear, uncertainty, um, you know, tapping into their individuality, tapping into the things that are going to bring them joy today so they can reinvent the life they want today. Those are all the conversations that I'm having. And of course, the leading conversation is, Keith, I'm not selling, it, it, you know, and it's really impacting me. And I would ask, how so? And they would say, well, aside from the obvious, the numbers and my income, my confidence is shot. I would say, well, wait a second, how do you mean? And they'd say, well, Keith, I'm not selling, so I'm not able to prove myself, and I'm not able to prove my worth to the company, uh, to my manager, so I, I don't know what to do, and I feel like I'm getting into that sales slump. So I'm going to share right now, everyone, the secret to avoiding a sales slump for the rest of your career and how you can develop the impenetrable unconditional confidence of a champion. So I hope everyone's ready for that. I see everyone raising their hand saying, okay, Keith, give it to me. All right, here we go. Think about how you define confidence. Now, Mike, I'm gonna ask you a question in the spirit of having a conversation here. How would you define confidence? I would define it as a belief in yourself that you're going to succeed. Excellent. And you've been around sales a long time. Uh, I know you're an athlete yourself and, uh, I'm curious, so in, in your experience, uh, when you see a salesperson, okay, so here we are, sales and performance and confidence, okay, do you see any connection between performance and results and people's confidence? I do, yes, absolutely. Can you share more about that? Yeah, I would say those that, you know, believe in themselves, those that have a confidence that, you know, they go into a meeting, they go into a call, believing in themselves, having confidence in their product, those are the people you tend to see have more success than not. 
Okay. And when that person sells something, how does that impact their confidence? Does it go up? Does it go down? It, it grows, right? So each it sale, it just builds momentum. Yeah. Interesting. And um, share with me what happens when that salesperson who's going on a ride and they're, they're going up and look at their trajectory. They're about to hit their, they're on path to hit their number, crush their quota. And all of a sudden, one of their biggest accounts calls and cancels. And then the next call they make where they, they were certain they were going to close that business. And I'm using the word close. I know everyone uh, just for the vernacular here to open that business. Okay. They lost that deal too. So Mike, you tell me you have a top salesperson, B salesperson. Hey, it doesn't matter. Now they don't sell. Yeah. Does that impact their confidence? Yeah. They, they, they might start to second guess themselves. They might start to question what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that right there, that definition is a global definition of confidence, which is Keith. Well, of course, my confidence is based on my results. I have to prove myself. I have to prove my worth to the company and to my manager. Well, if I do well, of course, my confidence is going to go up. But if I'm not achieving my goals or my KPIs or my scorecards nice and green, well, that's going to kill my confidence. Yeah. Okay. Everyone, please listen to me. That definition is a broken model. Take it and throw it out. It is a global definition and it is a global conundrum. It is sad that people base their confidence on results. So I'm going to share with everyone right now the secret to unconditional confidence. Here it is. Choose to be confident. That's it, Mike. Next question. No, uh, but, but seriously, people are like, Keith, come on. It can't be that easy. Well, I have to prove myself. I have to prove my worth. I'm a salesperson. Well, you're collapsing your performance on your job and the goals that you have with your self-worth. Who you are is always more important than what you do. The results you achieve have no, no implication on your confidence, self-worth, and well-being unless you choose it to. And that is because the definition of confidence is flawed. Our definition is, well, I, I do well, my confidence goes up, results. No, no, that's, that's this. It's a roller coaster. We are surrendering our personal power to external situations, and it's robbing us of our internal condition. So when I say choose to be confident and, and people say, Keith, come on, choose to, be, yeah, choose to be confident because you made a choice yesterday to own the definition of confidence that you thought was before we started talking about it right now. Well, just like you own that faulty definition, you can adopt a healthier one. So how about this? I'm confident because I choose to be confident. I'm confident because I have a belief in myself that I have proven myself and I have proven my worth without the evidence to support it. So let's hang on that for a second. That's, that's, that's the inner game of leadership. It's the inner game of sales. It's the inner game of being a, a confident human being. Why would we surrender our personal power to an external situation or a result? That's your choice. So if we could just draw a line here, here's your self-worth, okay? That's your choice. Here's your goals as a sales professional. Don't collapse the two. And I know it's so easy. They get over, overlapped all the time. But I hope now that I put this in front of your line of vision, people can now separate. Wait a second. 
if I hear a no, it's, it's not a reflection of me. Okay. I'm doing the best that I can be. I'm growing as a sales leader that I, the best leader that I can be. It's not a reflection of my self-worth. So that's the secret to confidence. There's no go do on that one. It's a go be. Keith, you're getting into a topic that I really stand by and believe in, and, and it's kind of the power of the mind and positive energy kind of manifesting itself. So I, I love that. I, I tend to look for, especially if I'm hiring sales reps, optimistic people, um, because those are people that tend to be able to handle adversity. So that, that's great stuff. Well, it's interesting you say that because if we can actually create a triangle here, you know, confidence, fear, uh, results, this is a direct connection between all of them and assumptions because many times we assume the worst we pick up a phone we walk into a meeting oh my god this is going to happen and we we often walk into conversations with that self-fulfilling prophecy whether it's a peer our manager direct report um customer and we say to ourselves well the last time i had a conversation with mike oh it, it blew up it did not go very well so i know it's going to happen again what did we just do? We took a past experience and we projected it as a future negative expectation. As human beings, we're very good at that. That's an assumption. You know what else is, it, is it synonymous with the word assumption? Fear. Taking a past experience and projecting it as a future expectation. We're either focusing on what we don't want in our life. And trust me when I say what you focus on grows, okay, is a universal law. Uh, if you focus on what you do not want in your life, then you will attract what you do not want in your life. We need to focus on what we want in our life. But here's the challenge. If you don't have your dreams and your goals and your, and your personal vision mapped out, your fears, they're always going to win. Your dreams and goals don't stand a chance. So to that point, Keith, and, and, and the answer might be the same and, and you know, kind of making that choice and confidence is a choice. I'm curious of how you kind of balance maybe kind of maybe things outside of work affecting just your mental capacity when you're at work, right? So let's say whether it's mental things, things going on in the world, things that you might be dealing with at home, and then you kind of turn your brain on into working. How do you kind of put it in, in a box to say, I'm going to be confident, whatever's happening around me outside my world, now, when I'm at work, when I'm doing my job, I'm going to have that confidence despite what I might be facing around me. So to have that confidence despite, despite what you're facing around you, it's, it's not about putting it in a box. So I, I think there might be a couple of really good gems in here, Mike, that we need to unpack. Uh, I just and, and for those that don't have my newsletter, make sure you, you go to KeithRosen.com and sign up. Uh, I just sent out my newsletter this morning and the subject line was um, a time for pause. And it wasn't here are the 10 qualifying questions you need to sell your next deal. It wasn't here's the next coaching strategy to coach your people to success. It was me sharing a personal story that happened to me over the last couple of weeks. And uh, unfortunately, um, two of my peers, my colleagues uh, in one week, uh, wonderful people, best-selling authors, they passed away. And uh, this all happened in one week. And, and compound that, being in New York, all the other things that are happening around us, we're in this extreme change. And only positive things will come from this. But how can we not allow this to impact us? And in the newsletter, and I will share this with you, I wrote very clearly, I'm sad. I'm sad. 
And you know what? That's okay. And you need the universal you. We all need to give ourselves permission to, in today's time where this is all new ground, permission to be set, permission to experience those little wins every day, permission to pat ourselves on the back to something that you might seem as seemingly insignificant. These are the times we really need to stay true to ourselves. Love it. I, I think so many people right now are. And first, I'm sorry, uh, you know, that, that you're going through that. And I, you know, condolences to you. I, I think a lot of people are processing how they feel, processing their emotions, and having to deal with, you know, putting on their professional face and going in and you know doing their job despite maybe some of the mental anguish they might be going through. So I, I really feel like that's going to help a lot of people. So thank, thank you for sharing. Oh, my pleasure, Mike. And, you know, just building off that, we need to lean on each other. You know, we're in a virtual room of, I don't know, four or 500 people, I hope. And I hope everyone knows when they look to the left and look to the right and look at the person behind them and in front of them, those are your peers. Those are your coaches. Everyone here is struggling. As a coach, I'm supposed to be the eternal optimist, but I'm human. I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to give myself permission to be sad. I'm allowed to feel sad for my clients. I'm allowed to feel sad for the people that are suffering out there. And, and I feel at a very deep level. That's huge. That's being human. Okay. But if you bottle that up and you don't allow yourself to experience this, it's going to stay inside of you and it's going to fester. And it will just, you'll continue to experience this negative loop until you honor that and give yourself the opportunity to experience these feelings that, by the way, you may never have experienced before. So other than working with a coach, speak to your peers. You have this amazing amount of intellectual capital. Leverage each other, speak to each other. Hey, I'm struggling, Mike. Can I share some stuff with you, man? Can I, can I just kind of dump on you? I, I really can use a sounding board right now. And I would hope you would use, do the same for me. And you would see if I'm struggling, hey, man, can, you know, I see you're struggling. Can I, you know, is there anything you want to talk about? Can I help you in any way? You know, I, I'm struggling too. And so, as I said before, so are your customers. This is a time for all of us to welcome ourselves back to the human race. You know, and, and, and this is a time for us to really focus on on that connection. So, uh, you know, again, thank you for bringing that up. It's, it's just, you know, we're so again and, and again, you know, by the way, and just to recap, I'm very happy right now. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here on the call and be here with you. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to experience that. And, and and I don't want anyone out there to, to think that they have to lie to themselves otherwise. Well said. Um... I want to dive a bit into process because a, a lot of our, our sales reps on the phone right now are are figuring out how to prospect. That's kind of one of the buzzwords that you hear a lot right now. Was um, finding where where should we be looking and trying to find you know who should I be calling on next? And I'm just curious on you know, any tips that you have on how people should approach prospecting, then maybe kind of building on that start to that process of qualifying to make sure it's the right prospect yeah uh, i'd be curious and again I, I wish i could speak to everyone in, the, in our virtual in our virtual community here and ask them what's your process what how do you qualify how do you open up a conversation how do you overcome and diffuse objections i would love to get a universal consensus and i guarantee as you probably know mike if we went around the room we'd probably hear different approaches yeah. there's not one universal approach and when i'm coaching salespeople, part of part of helping them be uh sales champions is not only tapping tapping into their own individuality and strengths 
but also making sure, and to your point, not just, hey, we got to focus on the process, but how can you focus on a process if you don't have a process in place? So I've lost count how many times I've asked companies, hey, send me your sales process. Okay, Keith, I'll send it to you. All right, and it's your entire, entire fully baked sales process. Oh yeah, it's everything in there. Okay, great. And they'll send it to me. And as I know, as the sun is shining, all I'm going to see are bullets. Step one, qualify. Step two, present. Step three, reconfirm. Step four, set next step. While that might be part of your process, where's the meat? Sales like leadership is a language and the language is coaching. So if I was to ask you, hey, if I was a prospect, pitch me, what would you say? What's the first thing out of your mouth? And if it's, hey, Keith, how are you today? You're already lost in the weeds, you're done. And I know what you may be thinking, Keith, are you telling me after you just spent how long? 40 minutes talking about that personal connection that I shouldn't ask people how, how they're doing? Well, not up front because it's an empty, hollow question. And every other person calling on your prospects are saying the exact same thing. You can foster that deeper connection once you're in a conversation, which is the hardest part. You're not getting into a conversation by asking, how are you today? So I'm curious, and again, I want every salesperson on this call and every manager to reflect. What are you saying the first 30 seconds? If you're picking up the phone and you're cold calling me, what are the first 30 seconds you are using to capture my attention? How are you doing that? If you're not giving me a compelling reason to listen to you in the first 30 seconds, the conversation is done. So you and I had talked before about how much research do you need to, to you know, before you pick up the phone or before you prospect? None. Now, some people might disagree and that's okay. I've been selling and coaching for 30 plus years now, 40, 30, 30 years selling more. And when it comes to selling and when it comes to uh, qualifying, the one thing I can tell you is salespeople are not taking the time to capture the attention immediately in their customer's eye. That's why you can do all the research in the world. It's Your research is not going to tell you what is that compelling case? What is that compelling reason that's going to capture the ear and the attention of the person you're speaking to, whether it's an influencer, whether it's an advocate, whether it's a decision maker? What are you saying in 30 seconds to grab their ear? Because everyone else is competing for that time with them. So I'll give you an example of what I mean. If I was to cold call you, I would say, hey, Mike, this is Keith Rosen from Profit Builders. How are you today? No, I will not do that. What I would do is say, hey, Mike, this is Keith from Profit Builders. Listen, I know you're busy and I want to respect your time, so I'll be brief. The reason for my call is this. We just helped fill in the blank company increase their sales by 37%, reduce their turnover, and increase their client retention by 48%. Now, I don't know if we can do that for you, but I was hoping we could spend just a few minutes talking to see if there's anything that we're doing that you could benefit from. So are you open to spending a few minutes and exploring this conversation with me if I promise to stick to my timetable? Now, that might've been, what, a minute? Maybe less. I'm going to, I tell you right now, the best salespeople know what I'm talking about out there. Okay. Yeah. But even the best salespeople are hearing things and say, Keith, I don't do that. Or, you know what? I am asking that. How are you question? Yeah. You have 30 seconds. 
You, you, they don't care what you do. They don't care who you are. They don't care what you have to sell. They care in the first 30 seconds, WIIFM, which is what they're tuned into, what's in it for me? Yeah. And you have to deliver that compelling case in the first 30 seconds. And I know you can do it. It's going to take some time, though. And it's the difference in us talking about all the things that we have to offer and all the things that, you know, these bells and whistles that we might have. And instead focusing on how does our product help X company? How does our product, how have we helped someone? You know, and I think that's the different mindset. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to benefit dump right away. Like, hey, have you seen our new club? Have you seen our new, you know, and more, I, I love your point around, here's how I've helped someone similar to you. And, you know, there's a chance I could help you, but first I would love to learn more about you to see if there's a fit for us. Yeah, I think it's great. Think about what you just literally captured everything that I just shared, that that template, because it comes from here. Yeah. It's authentic. It's genuine. More, I, I, I don't even have to make the assumption. I know every single person on this call deeply cares about their peers, their coworkers, their team members, and their customers. This is a function of authenticity. Speak from your heart. It's right there. You know, and, and listen, and to your point, you show up and throw up. Features and benefits. Yeah. You know what you're gonna hear? Hey man, I'm. I hope I have a job tomorrow. I'm trying to put food on my table for my family this week. We need. Please don't lose sight of that. We need. The sales skills are essential, but today we need to focus on that human connection. I know I've said that several times, but I can't say it enough. And I think it's it's super relevant now, just because of where in every state is in different situations both from a health standpoint and a social standpoint, right? So you kind of have to know your market, know kind of your area and, and, and kind of have it more specific to your world. It's not a one size fit all solution. No, no, no. And to your point, when I shared my compelling reasons, increased sales by 37%, um, uh, increased client retention by 48%, you, the universal you as salespeople, you have to come up with your own compelling reasons. You know, what is specific and measurable that you did for one of your clients? I guarantee you have tons of success stories. You need now to boil that down into one sentence. What's the impact that you can deliver? The benefit of the benefits benefit. So when you enroll, you sell a suite, you sell whatever you're selling, tickets, season tickets. What is the end result of the benefit your customers will experience? If you nail that, I guarantee you'll increase your pipeline, build it out so it's nice and, 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 and plentiful for you. I always say there's two outcomes to every game. Um, you know, there's if the team wins or loses, which we, we don't control, but the other outcome is kind of the reason why that person bought from us. That's where we can over deliver on, and that's also how we can build those stories to tell other people how we're helping people. So great and stuff. I, let's build on that, Mike. And also for those customers who don't buy from us, salespeople are often reluctant to actually ask these questions. Mr. and Mrs. Customer, why did you buy? Mr. and Mrs. Customer, why didn't you buy? Because think about it, what's the assumption? Well, Mike, I don't, I don't wanna ask, I got the sale, man. I don't wanna mess it up. Now you want me to ask them why they bought from me? Come on, man, I don't wanna blow it. And conversely, you want me to call a prospect and, and ask them why, why they didn't buy from us? Yes, because that's free coaching that you're going to get from your customers so you can fine tune your approach the next time you engage with someone like that.
To your point around those who don't buy, you, you mentioned kind of preparing for those objections, right? And it's something we all face. It's something that we should not run away from, but be prepared for. So I'm curious of just your thoughts around how we can better prepare for that objection and be ready to answer it. Two words, springboard questions. Salespeople, those are your new friends. Those are your new, your best new friend when it comes to sales is the springboard question. Mike, if I go on a tirade and a rant right now, please bring me back, okay? Okay. Uh, so, so, you know, when it, when it comes to uh, overcoming objections, first of all, let's, let's, let's set the playing field right now. Salespeople do not overcome objections. Your customers and your prospects do. After all, it's not your objection to overcome. It's theirs. So salespeople don't overcome objections. What you do is you create an opportunity, an opening for that customer to self-reflect so they can resolve the objection themselves. We've all been in the position where if you try to overcome an objection and the salesperson's favorite word is but, you know, but Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, you're already lost because you have now positioned yourself in an adversarial position with your prospects and customers. And you know who's going to win every time. So rather than respond with an answer or, hey, let me tell you how to over, I'm going to overcome that objection or, you know, let me show you know, what, what are the reasons, Mr. Smith, if I can save you money, will you move ahead? If I can give you a discount, will you buy? Oh, I know no salespeople on this call ever try to <laughs> discount price in hopes they get a sale. That's the next conference I'm doing later today. Yeah. I hope my sarcasm is translating. I'm going to give you a simple approach. Customers diffuse their own objections. Rather than diffuse it with an answer, diffuse it with a question. And it's called a springboard question. So when a customer says, hey, listen, uh, Mike, the timing's not right. Well, wait a second, but right now, no, 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 no. Wait a second, Mike, when you say the timing's not right, how do you mean? Hey, Keith, listen, you know what? I just don't have the budget for that right now. Well, wait a second. Um, if I can go to my manager right now and see if I can get you a discount or maybe throw a few other things in the package, would you buy? Yeah. No. no. When you say you don't have the budget now, Mike, can you say more about that? Can you help me understand more? Help me understand more is one of my favorite questions when I'm coaching and selling because to me, there's no difference. We're still creating possibilities. A springboard question focuses on phraseology. The study of words. So think, think about the words that we use every day. Healthy, successful, stressed, overwhelmed, sad, um, value, uh, objections, customers pushing back. They are difficult. What do those words mean to you? Because I'm sure if we define them, you would have your definition and then I would have mine. Just like everyone on this call has a different definition of the word success and, and healthy lifestyle and delivering value. We need to make sure we're aligning our words, especially with a customer and a prospect. Otherwise, you're gonna wind up having two different conversations. So if I'm not clear with how you mean about budget or how you mean about timing or how you mean about value, if I'm not asking you, when, when you say making sure you get the value you expect, how do you mean? What does value look like for you? If we're not asking those questions, we're making assumptions that value to you or um, uh, investment or success has the same definition for you as it does for me. So, it Matt, like, 
I was going to say, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. No, no. I was just going to share uh, two more words uh, in sales and coaching leadership, which are imperative today. Be curious. Yeah. You don't do curiosity. If you notice, a lot of the things we're talking about here, we're talking about strategy and the inner game. Being curious means you are someone who is insatiably curious. If you are someone who is insatiably curious, by default, what are you going to do more of? You can ask more questions. And if you don't ask questions, it shows you don't care. What I love about your springboard questions are they're open-ended as well, right? And, and that's kind of something everyone on this call is familiar with, kind of the dangers of the closed-ended questions uh, that kind of slam the door shut. Yes, uh, I've never had to coach salespeople and managers how to ask manipulative closed-ended questions. They're all really good at that already. <laughs> so I, I wanna talk a little bit more around this kind of the future of selling. And you know, as we start to kind of hopefully be on the worstest past, you know, hopefully we're past the worst part of things that are going on and, and start to think through kind of a post-pandemic world and how our business will kind of bounce back and um, I'm not sure if you heard the announcement. We announced kind of our restart of the league, um, and, and you know, we're starting to plan towards 2021 of our season. And I'm curious of just, you know, how you see the world of not only just selling, but like how we should maybe start to think about it ourselves and prepare, um, you know, to, to be ready to thrive in, in kind of this new normal. Yeah, my first reaction to that is this is really a wonderful time for us to look at the mirror and see if we're, we are where we want to be in our career uh, because there's a little bit of lull right now. You know, I, I'm used to traveling at least two weeks a month. Seems I have a little extra time these days, Mike, not in an airport. Uh, so uh, uh, side note, my, my wife keeps asking me, so when do you think your next trip is going to be? And I keep saying 2021, and she doesn't smile when I tell her that. I, I don't know why. But, uh, you know, it, it, the future of selling is now. The future of selling is today. And uh, I'm encouraging a lot of people that say, Keith, you know what? I'm doing the most I can. I can only have so many Zoom calls. I can only have so many conference calls. Uh, take this time to invest in yourself. Take a learning weekend. You know, take an online course. Um, take a course on self-management and time management. This is a great opportunity, especially now that we're all working remotely to redesign your life. You know, we're, we're home now and, you know, I'm blessed that I have my, my beautiful wife and my three wonderful kids. I get to see them every single day. And, and I've been working at home for many, many years, so they're used to it, but we have to set those boundaries again, you know, and, and if we don't do that, if we don't take the time to set those and turn it off at the end of the day, then we're, our life balance is going to go out the window. So when it comes to, you know, what can we do today? Let's start working on ourselves first. That's an opportunity for us to grow. Because how can we help others if we're not serving ourselves? You know, seek out coaching from your peers, from your, from your managers, from your customers. Um, in terms of what we can do today, I actually see sales not in, in the spirit of technology. And I have my own thoughts on how technology can actually sabotage salespeople in many ways. But I actually see the opportunity for us in many ways to go back, back to a time where there wasn't technology, back to a time where there wasn't this, this thing, back to the time where you had to actually knock on a door and have a conversation with someone. Yeah. 
I look at this as an opportunity to connect with your prospects and your customers in a way that you've never connected with them before. And doing that will require you looking at your sales process and looking at your sales conversation and probably needing to reflect and rewrite it a little bit to refine it around the things that we've talked on and touched on today. Uh, so I think that that part is critical. Uh, other than that, just again, kind of rehashing what we touched on today is use this as an opportunity not to sell, but to serve. Reach out to your customers and see if you could help them on a personal level or even in their business. As I mentioned before, you guys have a lot of great resources available. So this to me is an opportunity to take advantage of looking out there and, and sharpening your skills because what you knew yesterday and what got you to where you are today is not going to be what's going to get you where you need to be tomorrow. So, you know, we're all zooming out right now. I don't want you all to become a bunch of zoombies. That's right. Zoombies. I coined the word myself. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're right. People are, you know, thirsty for that human interaction. Right. And I think that's going to be something to stand out. But I do have to have you kind of expound on the technology point around how it you know, can, may hurt a salesperson. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, think of it this way. In, in today's world of automation and AI and how we can streamline so many things, uh, it really speaks to the underlying linchpin of what we're talking about is we're, we're losing that human connection. And, and at the end of the day, you know, Digital content doesn't sell and and PDFs don't sell and PowerPoints don't sell. Salespeople sell. You know, and it's fostering that deeper connection, but you can't do that unless you're connected with yourself first. So that's why I say we got to be careful about technology. Wonderful things makes our life easier in many ways, but we can't lean on it and expect it to do our job for us. One thing I'm sure everyone who's, who's been on these first two calls with you would, would agree with me in saying is that you're a really great storyteller. And, and I feel like, you know, some of the best sales reps are the people that are really good at storytelling. So I'm curious, just one, you know, your thoughts around that, but also how can someone improve their skills in being a good storyteller? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I pride myself on transparency and, and my first visceral reaction was speak from the heart. Yeah. You know, hopefully it's what everyone here is seeing that I'm doing today and that what you're doing. There's no script between us. You know, we didn't we didn't talk before this call, Mike, did we? No, no, no. You know, it's, it's, I just we show up and here we are having a good time together, hopefully making an impact on, on everyone on the call. It's right here. You know, I always say the greatest salespeople, the greatest managers, they lead and they sell and they coach from their heart, not from their head. You know, we become our worst enemy in here. We have to get out of our own head and get in the head of other people, getting out of ourselves and focusing on them. As I said earlier, sales is not about you. It's about the customer and the impact you can make. If we stay focused on that, I guarantee you will see your numbers rise. I guarantee it. Great point. I, I want to give you a chance to kind of tell people, you mentioned kind of sharpening your, your skill set and, and making sure that we are forever learners. Um, we'd love for you to just tell us some of the resources that you're producing so that people can, you know, be up to date with that and go to your website, check out your books and, and, and all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. Let's park that for a second. This is more important. So I want to get back to what we're talking about with speaking from your heart, because I, I don't want to leave everyone here on, on a half thought. Um, 
think about what we've talked about in this call today, you know, Mike and everyone else listening. And, and, and I, I truly hope that the time that we spent today made an impact on everyone and what you can do not only to, to of course, sell more, but to make a deeper impact um, with the people around you, your customers, and hopefully in yourself. When I say speak from your heart, it really echoes what we've been talking about is you need to look at how you're engaging with people. What are the words coming out of your mouth? What's the conversations you're having? Because if you're not having a conversation where you hang up the phone and feel like, wow, that was a really rich conversation. That was meaningful. That was impactful. Think about what the other person is feeling on the other side of the phone. So we have to start looking at our qualifying questions. How can we change some of the questions? How can we make them more personalized? Just like in our opening statement, how do we make it more personalized? Just as an opportunity to coach up, how do we make it more personalized? This is an opportunity for all salespeople to get together and collaborate on what are these new types of qualifying questions that would align with Keith's new philosophy around selfless selling. So I wanted to make sure I gave everyone a go-to, a go-do, an action point on that. But it also speaks to the importance of self-assessment as well. Kind of after each call, taking a moment to really assess how you did and, and what you could have improved. I, I think sometimes we get into this rhythm of just allowing certain weaknesses that we might have to just continue. Like, oh, I don't ask good questions or, oh, I, I always forget to ask for referrals. Just start to accept that. So it's great that you say kind of taking a moment after the call to think back. It's similar to how our players watch tape and kind of see where they can improve. I think we can do more of that in our business too. I would even uh, to build on that, I would even say, everyone, this is an opportunity to tap into the power of observation. And if your manager is not effectively observing you in a way where it's delivering value, this is an opportunity to go out and seek it. Seek it out from your managers, even your peers. Hey, you know, Mike, listen, I'm about to jump on a few calls. You mind listening in? Maybe you're going to hear things that I'm missing out, which would probably help me. Everyone has a blind spot. And you don't have to be better at sales than the person who's selling. You just have to be good at observation. So uh, I think, you know, compounding that about self-reflection, having someone else also to provide that, that other um, set of eyes looking in, it's going to recognize the blind spots that we can't see ourselves. Because when we keep doing something over and over again, we become blind to it. So when people say, oh, I'm not good at qualifying, or, oh my gosh, I always forget to ask for referrals. Well, if that's a great coaching moment. You know, to me, you know, if I was to fast forward that conversation is what's the strategy you can put in place to always ensure you're asking for those referrals. And the assumption I can make is, well, if you're not asking for referrals and that's part of a question that you want to ask inside of your discovery process or inside of your um, conversation that you're having with a customer, well, then there's probably an opportunity there to refine and, and further craft out word by word your process. And I'm not saying to be a robot but to really get a sense of what is the conversation going to sound like? Because, you know, again, the question you ask is, is, is you need to take the time to craft them because the answers that you get from your prospects are only as good as the questions that you're going to ask. Yeah. And again, this is all about how you become great. You know, and I think those that are in these roles, you know, maybe starting your career, maybe you're a veteran, you know, this is your craft, right? And, you have to continue to work at your craft um, and, and kind of try to get at least 1% better every day, right? Oh man, and you know, I love you build on the 1% thing we talked about last time. You know, yeah. that, you know, and, and I wanna make sure we leave this and, and 
you know, make sure people realize this is not, this is not a bad time. This is a great time. This is a great time to sell. This is a great time to reconnect with your customers in a new way. This is a great time to reconnect with your peers and your organization, even yourself. Don't look at this as a negative. I know there's a lot of uncertainty out there, but the only person who's in control of your life is you. And the last time I checked, Mike, there are only three things in life that we can control. Our attitude, our actions, our behavior, our communication, and our reactions. Everything else is an illusion. And I find it interesting that people spend most of their time trying to control the three, the things that they can yeah. and mastering the three things that they can. Yeah. And if we can keep that in front of our line of vision, it's very empowering. You will not feel helpless. You will feel like you're in charge of your life. So, so Keith, I want to give you, Ty, I want you to share your resources, share, share the wealth. Where can we, <laughs> where can we find this knowledge? Oh, gosh. So real quick, leadershipacademy.com. Leadership Academy, I just launched two brand new online courses, one um, for salespeople and sales leaders to learn how to transform into great coaches, to coach your sales program and coach your customers to succeed. And I just put an online course on uh, based on my book, Own Your Day, uh, Personal Productivity, Time Management. And it goes so much deeper than that. It's really about how you can redesign the life you want to live uh, and create your ideal life. So leadershipacademy.com, uh, tons of resources on my blog, keithrosen.com. And for those of you who still have not connected with me, I know who you are. So reach out to me on LinkedIn. Send me an invite. I will accept it. I promise. I want to connect with you. I want to make sure that I'm able to share with you the latest resources that I'm constantly creating every single day. And I'm sharing things on LinkedIn many times where I'm not sharing on other uh, platforms as well. So make sure you shoot me an email, uh, a connection on LinkedIn. You have my mobile number, everyone. So make sure if you have any challenges or questions, you want to ask the coach, you need a quick coaching session, 516 231-2774. And I know someone out there right now is thinking, okay, I'm going to test it if that's really his number. Yes, it is really my number, okay? I am here to unconditionally support all of you here, all right? And, and these are really interesting times and really times for us to reinvent ourselves in so many different ways. I truly hope everyone here sees the new possibilities that are available today. And I can speak from experience that people will respond to you on LinkedIn. That's how we got to this point of me just sending Keith a code email, hoping he would come on to our, our chats this week. And, and now you're here. So, um, and for those of you that, that enjoyed today, Keith is also coming back for part three of our conversation two weeks, from, two weeks from today, where we will dive into owning your day, time management, uh, something that's super vital for all of us, no matter what role we sit in currently. Um, Owning your day is a big part of being successful. So I'm looking forward to that as well, Keith. Thank you, Mike. I hope you guys aren't getting sick of me at this point. No, it's awesome. So again, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Feel free to send me an email with any thoughts or feedback or questions, mtaylor at mba.com. Um, otherwise, have a fantastic weekend, and we will see you guys again soon. Thank you. Thanks, Keith.